0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. I am so excited for this week's episode. We are basically about to embark on a masterclass on everything Swift-Gron, which you've probably heard me reference that a couple different times, definitely in the Kaler episodes about um, taylor swift and carly claus but swift gron is this theory that taylor swift and diana agron dated and i feel like it's a great time to talk about this now because we've already talked about kaylor and if you listen to the glee blind items episode we've already talked about diana too my incredible co-host for today's episode is cam from the what i will say podcast you might recognize her name back from when nt mentioned her remember when i was interviewing nt and i was like could you tell me if taylor swift is gay or any of the rumors and he was like i'll refer you to cam well consider us referred. Um, Cam kind of like takes the reins for this one as she fully should and I just like sit back and get educated and I have to admit you know I had heard inklings of Swift Gron and to me I was like there's not enough pictures of them online. I don't get to see them gazing into each other's eyes. I don't believe it. I'm gonna go with Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss after chatting with cam i am fully on board with this theory it is almost and i talk about it in the episode it's almost like a scientific rundown like you cannot walk away from this episode not thinking that taylor swift and diana akron dated and it's just absolutely unbelievable Also, when we recorded, I accidentally was using my external microphone, not my, like, heavy-duty one. So the sound quality on my end is a little funky. I shame-spiraled for, like, a full 48 hours over it. Um, But the content is interesting, and Cam's mic is great, so it's pretty easy to get into. So without any further ado, let's explore the potential of Taylor Swift, Diana Agron, songs about them, theories about them, and more. Hello, hello, and welcome back uh, for a very, very fun episode today. I am so excited to have Cam Gray from the What I Will Say podcast joining us. And Cam, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but Cam is an expert in all things Gaylor Swift, Taylor Swift, especially Taylor Swift and Diana Agron. And I think we collectively as a podcast first heard about you, Cam, when NT was on the podcast and I was trying to squeeze uh Taylor Swift information out of him and he was like let me actually refer you to someone better and then I started diving through your podcast and it was just like a Wikipedia of gay Taylor Swift stuff and it made me so happy so welcome to Fluently Forward and tell us a little bit about how you got like interested in uh this whole world of Taylor Swift
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you're so sweet. Um, Thank you for the warm welcome. During the summer of 2020, I don't know that any of us were like in a really great place. Uh, I (laughs) certainly wasn't. There was a pandemic raging. And also like I had my own health problems I was going through that really, you know, I wasn't really able to leave the house. Not that anybody could because we were all in Mm. quarantine. And I made the mistake of watching Glee. And... (laughs) um, classic quarantine mistake I think many of us made and of course Diana Agron on there is just the most beautiful girl a girl who's into girls could ever see I mean truly just you know gorgeous
0: otherworldly like a Disney princess come to life with both a raspy voice but then a beautiful singing voice it's just like she really did it all on that show
1: she really did I mean just truly like otherworldly is a good way to put it like a mythical creature
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I got interested in her. I popped over to Tumblr. What's going on with this girl? And the really fun thing about Diana is similar to Taylor, she has all these women she has rumored to have dated. So it's not just Taylor with her. So when you do Taylor, you can talk about this girl or that girl, this girl or that girl, Carly or, you know, Diana or Julian Hoff, like whoever you want to talk about. Diana's the same way. You can talk about Taylor, you can talk about Leah, you can talk about her friend, Molly Howard, who I don't think she ever dated, but you know, people think they did sometimes. So there's this whole world of what I'm lovingly call, gently call a conspiracy theory uh, about who is this woman and she's secretly queer and she's secretly dating women. And I got really into it. And of course I have been a Swifty since the start, you know, heard our song back in the day, back in like 2007 (laughs) probably and said, Oh, my gosh, I love this girl. And always followed Taylor, always been a fan, maybe not a hardcore, hardcore fan, but definitely loved to hear music when it came out. And I particularly loved 1989 as an album and finding out that this could be about a woman
0: just blew Mm. my mind.
1: And I and I, you know, it's quarantine. There's nothing else to do. We're all hyper fixated on something we found on the Internet.
0: Yeah, that's a good point to bring up too. I feel like everyone that summer of 2020 like developed Mm -hmm. a new hobby or a new obsession or a new part of the internet. I feel like that's also when like QAnon was booming. I just feel like everything, oh, and the Call Her Daddy podcast breakup, it's like there were a bunch of things happening and you kind of latched onto one. Yep. And that's like a fun one to latch on. And I love that you bring up Tumblr too, because it's almost like You know, people think that detectives are on Reddit, but I feel like it's pretty toxic on Reddit. But on Tumblr, I feel like it's just fun. And that was also how I found out about a lot of this, like the Kahler evidence. Like there are so many Gaylor Swift accounts on Tumblr. Why, Why do you think that is?
1: I think to me, like, okay, not to be sexist or make generalizations, but Tumblr is like Reddit, but for girls. Yes, specifically gay girls so like yes (laughs) I I do think it's just it's where gay girls and and you know friends of course you know Mm -hmm. guys are welcome non-binary people welcome of course get together and try to figure out our shit and that's everything from our personal lives to our fandoms to our hobbies and interests and we like to build community over it and I mean that's what happened for me so if I had just like uh, my goal was to set out to see if I could quote unquote, prove Swift Grunt happened. Now, that's kind of silly because it's private information. It's like a a romance between two people. Only those two people really know the details of it or maybe friends of theirs, but I'm certainly not friends with them. Um, (laughs) So like it's kind of silly to try and prove that, which, you know, I realize now and I mean, I knew at the point, but I just wanted something to do and I wanted other people to talk about it with.
0: Well, also it's silly, but it's also, I I feel, and we'll have to talk about this later because I'm sure we've gotten similar comments from folks. Every time I make a video about um, Carly Kloss and Taylor or Diana and Taylor, people are like, this is invasive, it's creepy. And I'm like, first of all, we are all invasive and creepy. And I feel like that's a fact we need to accept. Like there's so much of a focus nowadays on everything you do has to be 100% morally right, by the books. And to me, I'm just like, okay, there are bad things to do. And then there's like seriously bad things to do. And like all of us have looked at paparazzi photos online before all of us have, you know, zoomed in on a picture of two celebrities and tried to figure out if they were real. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's so many things that we do online and some of it is just human beings being curious and that's never going to go away. And I don't think a lot of this stuff is like bad intention. Like you're at home Googling pictures of Taylor Swift and Diana Agron. I don't think that's a bad thing to do at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think people have an issue realizing there's a difference between being bad and trashy. Gossip, yeah. blind items, tabloids, discussing celebrities, personal lives, it might be a trashy hobby. And if it's not for you, that's great. Like that that's just fine. If you don't like gossip in general, if you're not interested in so and so is supposedly dating so and so, or I heard so and so is a nightmare on set, or I heard so and so has a drug problem. Like if you don't like any of that that's fine, my content's just not for you. Like, and Mm -hmm. I think you would probably say the same thing. But if you enjoy gossip about, you know, Tom and Zendaya, then it's a bit hypocritical to say, no, no, don't speculate on people's sexualities. Now, so for me, of course, like I do engaging the gossip and speculating and all of that. But for me, it is a means to foster a community. Because mm-hmm. when I started that blog back in the day to prove Swiftron, I made all these amazing friends. Yeah. And I you know, I recorded my first podcast episode as a joke, and it's so bad it's not even up anymore. <laughs> but like it was my quarantine 2020 birthday party. I wanted mm-hmm. to get on voice chat with all my little Tumblr friends and read the Swiftron Master post together. That was like my online birthday party that summer, because like, we're all so lonely. And I just wanted to record. So I recorded it as a joke. So like blog readers who couldn't make it to the birthday party, I'm saying that in quotes, you know, could listen in. And but it it was like a means to have a community and it still is. So on my podcast, you know, we do um, all sorts of community interactive stuff. We have a discord where like me and my co hosts really, we have made so many friends through this. Um, We give advice if people want, you know, support or advice or just a place to vent. Like they can do that on my blog or on. We have these like listener confession episodes where we'll give advice. We'll try and help people like. So I'm I my goal is not to sit around and talk about Taylor Swift's sex life all day. Sometimes we do that. But (laughs) but it's because that is the vehicle to host a conversation about being queer, being closeted Um, how queer people are treated in the media and in Hollywood and to build a happy, you know, queer community around that.
0: And you guys, you also, when I started listening to your podcast, your very first episode, you had on someone anonymously Mm -hmm. who was in a closeted relationship with a celebrity and they spoke about what it's like to beard in Hollywood and what it's like to be closeted and just kind of give us that perspective, which I highly recommend people go and listen to that because so many people are like, why would someone be in a PR relationship? I don't think people really hear it. And it's one of those things where like, well, yeah, you probably haven't talked to anyone who's done it because celebrities are just such an upper echelon. That's hard for us to reach. But I thought it was fascinating what your guest was saying about that.
1: Yeah. If if you guys want to check it out, any um, any episode that has Sean in the title um, is with a friend of mine who we met by lucky stroke. And she agreed to come on and share her experience with dating a famous closeted female celeb. And yeah, I mean, people say like, oh, why would you have a beard? Y'all, I had a beard in like 10th grade because I had a girlfriend at the time and the girlfriend's mom was homophobic and like started to get wary of like, oh, what's going on here? So I was like, no, no, this is my boyfriend, Wesley. Like, it is just something that happens in Hollywood.
0: And also there's so many, like you said, you know, sexuality, everything is such a spectrum. Even myself, like in high school, me and my best friend, you know, would like have a boyfriend and we would like, you know, try to get the boyfriend's attention, but we would also be jealous if she went on a date with a boyfriend and we kind of didn't like her boyfriend and like, why am I so possessive over my best friend? And then you realize, oh my God, I think that I might actually be gay and I'm actually in love with my best friend or things like that. So I think also like especially for me, a lot of Taylor Swift's songs about like, what would we do if everyone found out or like, I'm not supposed to like you, but I do like you. I think people who believe in the Taylor Swift, it's it's just a really relatable song to listen to because it's all really relatable feelings about being
1: queer. Right. I mean, so wh- what happens when you start to learn about Gaylor is I think you start to see how the themes of Taylor's music just many, many times, not always, because I'm not the type of Gaylord that, like, everything Taylor does, I'm like, oh, it's a clue to her sexuality. I think she does a lot of things that have nothing to do with it. I think she has a lot of songs that are simply about men. I personally, for anyone who wants to know, I think she's bisexual. I think she likes both men and women. Same, I think, same. You know, yeah. she has an easier time dating men because of homophobia in this world. But... I, th- I think she likes to date both. I do really think she's with Joe Alwyn. If she's happy with him, I'm so happy for her. I, you know, I don't, like, hate all her boyfriends or really care that much. Like, I, I just think I'm more interested in the conversation around women. And I think that's okay. So let's talk about Gaylor uh, and, and why, you know, people have such a problem with it. But I think those people are not 100% thinking through all of this. My my first note to like sort of intro to Gaylor would be for, for people who don't follow Taylor so closely, part of Swifty culture is trying to discern who the muses of her songs are about. And this is something she has encouraged ever since the start of her career.
0: She's so encouraged it. And that, I think that's the reason why she's so big, because honestly, like I listen to an Ariana Grande or Selena Gomez song and I'm like, first of all, like I don't even know if they wrote it themselves. Secondly, like I don't really care who this is about, like who cares? Taylor put, she A, she puts so much of herself into the songs that it feels like reading a diary entry. So you can't help but be curious. And then also, even at the very beginning, when I was like a fan in high school, she would put out in those little pamphlets with her CD certain mm-hmm. lyrics in each song would be capitalized, and then that would reveal a hidden message and some of the hidden messages would reveal that forever and always might have been about joe jonas or like this song might have been about someone else or you know and everything has changed about um the song with ed sheeran it's talking about like a location that she was at with connor kennedy and i'm sure we'll talk about this
1: oh we'll talk about it
0: she was also at that location with diana agron but
1: throughout her entire
0: life taylor's never openly said who the songs are about but like let's not kid ourselves she is pointing many signs many easter eggs and like it makes us all rabid for her it it works so well
1: well she has said who songs are about in on debut on the song picture to burn the liner note the secret hidden messages you were just talking about is sam six times sam armstrong who was one of her high school boyfriends she oh, no. <laughs> has straight up put their names in liner notes. Uh, similarly on the song Enchanted, she wrote Adam into the liner notes, which is Adam from Owl City, which is kind of weird. But
0: um, is it really about him, though? I just look at him and I'm like, how could you be enchanted to me? No shade to him. But
1: I don't know. Sure. I mean, whether it's about him or not, Taylor is encouraging the speculation. Yeah. Right? Yes. She's saying, That's, what Adam yeah. could this be? Like, you know, Go look into the Adams I was around at this time. She, of course, is named songs after guys. Dear John, named after John Mayer, even though I don't think it's about him. Style, named after Harry Styles, although I don't think it's about him. But she's certainly encouraging the speculation. So this is part of Swifty culture. Now, if you don't like that sort of thing, then... Of course, don't engage in it. You know, I welcome anybody who just is like, I don't care about this or this feels weird to me or this feels scummy to me. Just don't engage. That's fine. But if you love like, ooh, it says Adam in the liner notes, which Adam could that be? Then you really shouldn't have a problem with saying, ooh, Alice in Wonderland was Diana Agron's entire personality. You know, could this be connected to her? Because Taylor encourages this type of speculation. And I mean, she got rich and famous, off this type of speculation right she had this huge public breakup with joe jonas she went mm-hmm. on ellen and complained about him she went on youtube and was making fun of him she told everybody their business and i mean they're just kids like mm-hmm. whatever happened i cannot believe joe jonas is that bad a guy and she's friends with him now yeah. so like she drugged his ass all over publicly and then fearless <laughs> one album of the year great marketing campaign around it so yeah. Of course, Taylor is rich and famous because she's incredibly talented. I think she is the songwriter of our generation. You know, I think she's going to go down in history as one of the most successful and talented musicians ever. And I'm, you know, I'm all for it. But she also has heavily encouraged the speculation around her. Now, Mm -hmm. here's one thing I will say, like, if a celebrity comes out and says, I don't like this, stop it. So Shawn Mendes is an example. And then Lauren Horegi, another example. I won't discuss it. Like, I do have a moral compass around this stuff. And I'm not now I'm saying if somebody wants to get in the in the trenches and discuss that, too, I'm not passing judgment. It's just not something I do. Um, Taylor has never asked people to stop.
0: Yeah. And not only has she not done that, but I see so many people being like, this is disrespectful. Like she has said before that, you know, she doesn't like this or things like that. And there's two things. One, first of all, she's never said that she's straight. So people are always like, she's n- she she didn't say that she's gay. Well, she never said she was straight either. So like, right. stop assuming that everyone you see, especially like a blonde white woman with blue eyes who did country, well, she must be straight, you know? Like, I think a lot of people subconsciously think that. And then number two is the quote that she said after um, the 1975 concert where she was caught allegedly, but basically what I think, <laughs> <laughs> making out with Carly Kloss. And then she was like, for my whatever age birthday, I'd like to stop having the media accuse me of like dating all of my friends. And everyone's like, see, that's what she said. But for every quote she gives like that, there's also a quote she has where she says that gay pride makes me, me. So it's like, you can't pick and choose the quotes to try and decipher her orientation when she's never made a statement on it.
1: I mean, now Taylor has the power to tweet this pride as a straight ally, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she has she Taylor fully can identify herself as straight, truly say I am straight, I am heterosexual. And now I don't know that I would believe her. But I, (laughs) I certainly think I'd probably find something else to talk about, I think. No promises. Yeah. And also,
0: I think too, like if, you know, like you said, she could say straight, she could say, you know, as a straight person, blah, blah, blah. The fact that she hasn't, if anything, I've seen some criticism where people are like, okay, is Taylor Swift taking advantage of the LGBTQ community? Because like, she made them an entire music video, she's doing all of this rainbow stuff, like she isn't really making it clear. So it's almost like she either, if she is a straight ally... It's kind of weird to make an entire music video about gay rights. It's kind of weird if you're a straight ally and you say gay pride makes me me. That's just so weird. You know what I mean? Like, I care about racial uh, equity. I would never be like racial equity makes me me because I'm a white person. So I shouldn't say that, you know,
1: a hundred percent. You know, if Taylor is a straight woman, she's clumsy at best, kind of evil and Or stupid at worst. Like, she sold the Lover album partially on Buzz around all the comments she was making about LGBTQ rights. Yeah. the You Need to Calm Down music video. People thinking Taylor was coming out. uh, Me on Lesbian Visibility Day. There was so much that summer where... Every time an article was written about, well, Taylor Swift just did this. Is she wearing the buy pride flag colors on this bracelet? Is she wearing them on a wig? Is she, did she just come out? Did she just make a wink about her sexuality? In every single article, it was. And Lover out now. You can and you can stream her new album Lover. She mm-hmm. sold the record based off of it. So yeah. if she is straight, then she sort of deserves all the shit talking anyway, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's taking queer culture and profiting from it. If she's a gay person, great. I think we should all get to do that. And I don't think she has to be out to do that. Mm-hmm. And and some gaylers make the argument that she is out to us. Like she has yeah. said enough, happy pride to you too. Let's show our pride. Gay pride defines me as a person. To me, that is, that's coming out to the people who want to see it. You know, I mean, it yeah. might, it might not be explicit, but to me, it is her, making a tacit acknowledgement of her sexuality that is not straight. Like the way we see it, like I think a lot of straight people or maybe young queer people who are less experienced in the world think that like, when you want to come out, there's a very special episode where like, you know, of Degrassi where the school counselor gets involved and everybody has to like <laughs> sit in a circle and cry. And then you're in and, and you tell everyone in the world. And now the whole world knows nobody is left in the gray about your sexuality everybody explicitly knows it and you cry for one episode and like one bully bothers you but then the rest of your friends like team up on the bully and then you're just out and it doesn't matter and the very special episode is over and now you're just and now you start acting like a gay stereotype on the tv show and like that is not how real life works You know, we come out to our friends at different rates. We come out to our family. We might come out to our friends first and family later because our family's homophobic. We might come out to our friends, but never at work because we might work in a more conservative office. That was something I dealt with back in the day. Like, um, so I think there's a little naivete about how queer people navigate letting people know their sexuality and signaling and these hints and these clues are huge for queer people because we want the right people to know. We don't want homophobes to know. We don't want mean, you know, hateful, straight people to know. We want our queer friends and family to know. Taylor is doing that.
0: So what if you had to point, let's say that there's someone who still is like, I completely do not see any of this. What would you say is the strongest piece of evidence that at least swayed you into believing this?
1: That Taylor's queer or more explicitly about subprime?
0: Ooh, either or, either or.
1: Um, Taylor is queer. It, it, it's just the consistent way she centers herself in conversations about gayness and queerness.
0: So you think is you you wouldn't like, let's say that Taylor never really stood up for the LGBTQ cause. Would you be like, oh, I'm still kind of on the fence?
1: Well, I I guess it just depends because I mean, listen, the thing that convinces me most is what I've heard from like friends in the industry who just fully know what they're talking about and have just spilled tea. I understand that that's not going to convince anyone else. Like, you can't who you don't even like y'all don't even know me. You can't trust that. Like, yes, I have this friend who worked on this project and overheard or saw this and was explicitly told this. Like, yeah, that's all true. That's true in my mind. And like, I fully have ch- vetted this info and believe it, but nobody listening to a podcast that's never met me isn't gonna believe that. And I understand that. So for me, it's the information, behind the scenes information. And I've discussed that on my podcast. I've discussed that on my Patreon podcast. Like on Patreon, we have a hashtag T series where we do go mm. into like all this information. It's still gossip. So I don't consider it to be outing anyone because it could yes. be misinformed. And the other thing is, I'm sorry, but gossip is like queer culture. Like, this is how we grow up. We grow up gossiping about each other because we're trying to figure out who's who's gay and who's not. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, people say this isn't your business and it's just like, mm, I'm gay, everything's my business. Like, <laughs> this is what we do.
0: You can put that on a sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to do merch for the show.
0: Or you get a business card, I'm gay, everything is my business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> business card. Oh, so I'm also
0: curious too, because speaking of like, you know, gossip and knowing people and talking about things like this. I'm dying to know how did you and NT meet or get to know each other?
1: NT found my SwiftGron master post on Tumblr. So if you go to SwiftGron master post, all one word, dot tumblr.com, you will see the master document where I put together everything I could find about SwiftGron. Now, that's not my my main blog. My main blog is what I will say, dot That's where I like interact with people. But he found it and read it. And he was like, okay, I need, I do need to talk to this psycho. Like,
0: and was he reaching out to like confirmed lines or was he like, oh, I hadn't heard stuff about Diana? Or maybe like I had, but I, you know, didn't think it passed the the test of what was true?
1: Well, Inti's definitely a Kaler. He loves him some Kaler, and I think he wanted to know. One of us know, Yeah. I think he wanted to know more about the other girls. Yeah. Which is something I do specialize more in.
0: Yeah, so let's let's talk about your fun chapter. So like in your mind, i am curious i've heard whispers of taylor swift and diana agron i've heard whispers how like wonderland is about her you know she's got green eyes was she dating diana agron when the world thought that she was dating connor kennedy now the only thing is when i type into google swift you really only see two pictures of taylor swift and diana agron together so i'm like this isn't juicy enough for me. I need something to dive into. So walk me through kind of how you think like they met, how they started and how it ended. And then we can kind of go into some details like, you know, what songs could be about them, how they are today, things like that.
1: Yeah, if you need juicy content on Swift Run, that's more than just the seven blurry pictures we got (laughs) together. I highly recommend my TikTok. I'm on what I will say on TikTok and also like Swift Run masterposts.tumblr.com. So we started to get, Taylor and Diana out together a lot in the spring of 2012. Now they meet a little before this, but Taylor's still on the speak now tour. I think they met through a a mutual friend, Ashley Avignonier, who was um, a stylist that I think a woman who worked for Diana stylist and they became really good friends. And Ashley is a long time, good friend of Taylor's. Ashley is still friends with Taylor to this day. Um, Anytime there's drama around Taylor, she's out on Twitter, like (laughs) fighting, beefing with people on Taylor's behalf. (laughs) Ashley's great. So we start to clock them out together a lot in the spring of 2012, which is really interesting because the fun thing about Red and also 1989 is we have a lot of like exact dates as to when Taylor was writing music. Mm -hmm. And in the spring of 2012, Taylor started to write all these love songs. And we're going to talk about some of those music, but it's just funny that, You can tell via the music, someone kind of new has shown up in her life and they've got green Uh eyes and freckles and Taylor's really nervous about this relationship. There's a lot of anxiety. You know, there's a lot of secrecy and hiding late nights, sneaking around together and Taylor's friends don't know about this relationship. That's a recurring theme we get in the Red Falling in Love songs. This is someone she wants to run away with and hide with and just get to know better. And she's so nervous, but she really wants it to work out.
0: I'm already falling in love. It's, like, so sweet and it's so queer and I love it.
1: It it really is. It really is. So we see them out in L.A. together. Then they start to travel together. They go to New York City.
0: And they're kind of tweeting each other at this point, too, right? And and Diana is actively on the Glee show at this time, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: Glee's, I believe, second season is airing at this point. And one thing that's interesting, you talk about, like, PR moments, what's PR, what's not, Taylor's song Mean was on an episode of Glee that spring. Um, The coach, Coach B sings it, I think. And (laughs) Diana nor Taylor did any type of check out the besties song on Glee. Check out, you know, no tweets. No, hey, my friend Taylor's song is going to be on the show. Everybody check it out. Taylor's not saying, hey, me and Diana are going out for milkshakes. We're so excited for the Glee episode tonight. Like there was nothing. And that is insane to me. Because Because if
0: they're hanging out, you know, you just think of like a friend, right? Like even my friend, if their podcast takes out, oh, hey, check out this person's podcast. If you're hanging out with a friend and you're working together, technically doing a collab, you both talk about it or mention it, especially back then, too. Like Taylor was doing PR. Now everybody knows her as like, of course, she wouldn't say that she doesn't do anything on social media. But back in the day, you know, everyone was tweeting. She was Taylor Swift 13 on there. Like it was the good old days.
1: And what's crazy is like management didn't say Taylor's publicist or nobody, the Glee, the Glee marketing people, like nobody said, oh, let's use this. Let's, you know, even if they were really true friends, which of course they seem to be,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: how is there not a PR moment there? And it feels like they might have been trying to hide something and Mm -hmm. just downplay a little bit. Not entirely. Right. Because the girls do tweet about each other once in a while and reference each other once in a while. But it feels like a missed opportunity and like people in Hollywood get paid millions of dollars to sell us things Mm -hmm. to market shows, to get promo out there for, you know, young artists. And like the fact that they didn't take that opportunity is crazy to me.
0: Yeah. So, so this is the spring, the spring slash summer of 2012 and they're together. Now is this when she's also dating Connor Kennedy and they're having those like moments on the boardwalk in the summer?
1: Yeah. So after, so it, it, you know, April, May, June of 2012, March as well. It's just Taylor, Diana, Taylor, Diana, Taylor, Diana, and Taylor's writing music. She, including writing the song "Everything Has Changed," which I think might be the first song we should talk about. Mm. And then she goes to Hyannis Port with Diana, and supposedly meets Connor Kennedy, mm-hmm. and you know that's supposed to be the inspiration for "Everything Has Changed." In the liner notes of everything has changed, Taylor has has hidden the secret message Hyannis port. Now she spelled it wrong.
0: Yes! I knew you were gonna mention this. I love this. I love this. Because she spelled it the same way you spell Diana, right?
1: Right. Hyannisports is spelled H-Y-A-N-N-I-S. Hyannis port. Taylor spells it H-Y-I-A-N-N-I-S. The I this sounds crazy, but the I A N N, Diana's name has two N's in it. So it's D I A N N A. And it yeah. feels like there is some joke there. You know, Hyana's port, Diana's port, like I it feels like a little wink because in subsequent publishings of the red album, it has never been corrected. Now of course mm. Taylor's version doesn't have it. She isn't doing liner notes, but the old out al- the old red albums if you even went and bought an old red album in like 2020 and i have people did this that read my blog went and did this and checked it still was spelled wrong so taylor who is famous for being obsessed with little details very fastidious did not correct this typo
0: i love it i think it's such a cute little you know nod to give to someone so there because i remember there were pictures of Taylor, Diana and Connor Kennedy, like all getting ice cream together. And then I think that's when the rumors came about that Connor Kennedy was a beard for her dating Diana, especially because like, you know, he had like just turned 18 and I find it kind of, I don't know. I just don't think that Taylor would really be dating some Kennedy who's in high school.
1: Well, if you want to know what's fucked up is I do think she dated him, but I think here's the thing about, well, I'll get into that. But here's the thing about everything has changed. It was written before she met Connor.
0: Yes. Very explicitly. So many uh, different songs on Red, we have the actual date of when they were written. Yeah.
1: So we know that Taylor met Ed on May 15th, Ed Sheeran, on May 15th, 2012. Mm -hmm. And they started working together then. In an interview, she said, me and Ed wrote, everything has changed, you know, a couple weeks after we met. So that's Mm -hmm. June. Even if you want to say a couple weeks is like four weeks. You know, I think it's two, but... It would be June 15th at the latest. Taylor doesn't meet Connor Kennedy until July 4th. Mm. So the song was written before him. We also, we had her going to the recording studio to record it well before this too, like in June, basically.
0: So here's another question, like, and and we're kind of skipping around now, but the song, um, uh, oh my God, Holy Ground. A lot of people think that is about Diana because she has a line in the song where she goes, I left a note on the door with a joke we've made and there's a picture where Taylor and Diana are at the same party and I think Diana is dressed as like a cat for the party and Taylor writes a joke about like kitty cat something on a door and like all of these girls with markers wrote on a door and people are like oh my god it's obviously about Diana but I heard that that song was written before the party had happened
1: yeah so another rule of what i will say podcast is we have to allow for coincidences because there Mm -hmm. are some very crazy coincidences in all of this mess and yes holy ground was written in february of 2012 and this the party you're referring to is diana's 26th birthday which was april i think april 28th of 2012. Mm -hmm. so holy ground including the note on the door line we have the original lyrics in the lover diaries and they were supposedly written in February of 2012. The other thing about Holy Ground is it's about a relationship that's over. I was reminiscing just the other day,
0: Mm. you know, back
1: to a feeling, right. And it's, I wish I could dance with you. I miss you. You know, we'd be dancing if you were here. Well, she wrote it, if she wrote it in the spring of 2012, like, she spent that whole spring dancing with Diana. Like, it's a... Wait,
0: can I also say, it's so funny that in sure. all of Taylor's songs, she's like, we'd be dancing together, we're dancing with our hands tied, I only want to dance with you. And then I see her dancing, and I'm like, you don't dance good, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of these songs, she's like, oh, like, we're the only ones we can dance with. And then you see her at the Grammys, and she's like, popping, locking it in like a ball gown, and you're like, okay.
1: You feel bad for all these people having to dance with her and all this <laughs> (laughs) yeah but the whole the thing about holy ground is like the note on the door line is amazing what you're referring to is diana's 26th birthday taylor was dressed up as a cat and diana has always encouraged people to in that house that she had in la she had a tradition where people could sign the the basement bathroom walls and door okay so she kept markers there and she said if you go in the bathroom you know sign the wall on your way out or something. And people did sign all sorts of crazy stuff all over it. And it is possible. Taylor made that joke about I'm a little kitten and I need to nurse because she was dressed up as a cat that night.
0: However,
1: the song for me doesn't line up to be about Diana, which is crazy, right? A note on the door that seems so specific, that seems so yeah. like, it has to be. But I I do have to allow myself to believe in, to know that there are coincidences because otherwise I would just become a full-blown conspiracy theorist instead of like <laughs> a diet conspiracy theorist. And there's a few more instances where you're like, that has to be a reference. Another really good one is in the man music video, there is money, and the serial number on the money is the same date that, that Taylor tweeted about. Oh, the in- this inside source at Glee told me, you know, we're gonna play be playing my song. And um, Taylor's song was not on the episode, but Diana did have like sex with Naya's character on that episode, and everybody thinks, oh, she's like trying to set her up. Maybe I don't know, I don't have strong feelings about that, but it is a funny moment. The serial number on this dollar bill in the man music video is that date. I think it's mm. like um 13 which would be you know February fourteenth, twenty thirteen. However, that is the um, that is the stock serial number that's always on prop money.
0: Yeah, so sometimes people take it a little bit It's far. just a
1: coincidence and we have to let coincidences happen. Um, and I think it's okay to like explore is this a coincidence or not. But at all prop money, if you don't like, I think, otherwise specify or just like a lot of it, if you buy prop money, it has that number on it. So Taylor, it's just it, it seems crazy. Like, oh, this explicit date is on the serial number. It's just a coincidence. And a note so, on the door that sounds so specifically like this, this joke Taylor may have written on Diana's door because she didn't sign it. We don't know for sure that she wrote it. It does kind of look like her handwriting, but who could tell? Like, we can't know. But, like, it sounds like, oh, a joke on, with a note on the door, you know? It seems so explicit, but I think it's just coincidence because that song was written before that party.
0: Yeah, so so they're dating in, allegedly, you know, in the summer. Yeah. Um, what, in your mind, with this timeline, you know, how long do they keep dating for and what's the reason for their alleged breakup?
1: Okay, so in July, right after Taylor meets Connor, Diana has to go to Paris to film The family. And I think they had a mutual agreed breakup where they remain very friendly. And I think the song, the very first night comments on that because it's, you know, they don't know how much I miss you. So like the muse of the very first night, Taylor's singing to, and she's saying like, I just, I wish, I wish we could be together. I wish I could fly out and get you, you know, this person has not broken her heart. This person hasn't, made her want to die. Like, you know, the Jake Gyllenhaal muse of it all. Like she said in all too well to minute version. The the very first night muse is like, we're the only problem I have with this person. This person didn't cheat on me. This person didn't break my heart. They're just away from me. And Diana goes to Paris to film the family for three months from about the end of July to like late September. And when Diana and Taylor then reunite, in, I believe, early October of 2012. And right after that, Taylor writes the song This Love, which is This Love has Come Back to Me. You know, I ah. had to let it go free, and this love came back to me. Oh, and I that is that. right after Diana reappears in her life. Yes. So, time and time again, you have these, okay, Taylor wrote this song now, and it seems to be about this scenario, and time and time again, From the descriptions of the muse having green eyes and freckles like Diana does to this person was in Hyannisport like Diana was like to this person's away from me like Diana was to this person has come back into my life. Diana was she always works. Now, the funny thing is like Harry and Connor, you know, both have green eyes. (laughs) and were you know supposedly involved with Taylor at this point I actually do think Taylor was hooking up with Connor Kennedy I think it was a dumb stupid summer fling but I think Taylor's bisexual I think she's crazy for saying like oh this 18 year old yeah let's do it when she's 22
0: if you you get the chance to add a Kennedy to your uh, list you know I guess you take it well I
1: think (laughs) she wanted to LARP as a Kennedy like she wrote Ethel Kennedy that song Starlight like you know they gave her an award
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I just think that was Taylor's deal that summer i think she gets like hyper fix larp on as
0: stuff. a kennedy it's she wanted so to funny. she
1: wanted to spend the summer just out on the boardwalk
0: lots of sundresses that summer lots of like headband matching the sundress type of vibe very much like, like a that.
1: high femme you know mm-hmm. uh just kennedy preppy vibe
0: and very mod cloth like all of her dresses mm-hmm. were very mod cloth very just from new girl stuff like that
1: right and i just think you know connor fit what she wanted and I think she wanted a Kennedy boyfriend, and that's just something she wanted to have as part of her legacy. And, you know, I, I don't know. She, I, couldn't be me.
0: <laughs> Could yeah. not
1: be me. But she, I think so, she did.
0: you know, let's say allegedly they date, then Diana's away. Diana comes back. So Diana and Taylor are now together in the fall of 2012. Do they continue into the
1: winter? I think they are somewhat involved but Harry comes back into the picture as well and I do Mm. not think Diana liked that because we have Diana on camera shoving Harry I didn't know this it's in a lot of my TikToks but this is in December of 2012 and um, the paps are taking video it is Emma Stone's birthday and Taylor some of the girl squad 1.0 like Ashley and some of these you know friends she had before 1989 era Um, Diana is there Harry is there I think a couple of Harry's friends are there as well and they're all going out to celebrate Emma Stone's birthday party and they're in a hotel waiting I believe for probably cars to come and Harry is talking to Taylor and Diana's there too and Harry reaches up and does something to Taylor a lot of people say he's adjusting her scarf so he reaches up a hand and like he puts his hand to her face Diana takes her hand and like with the back of her hand shoves him away and basically like the hand motion she makes is, like, fuck off.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to head over to your TikTok and, like, zoom in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if you watch, I think, look at um, the Out of the Woods. Out of the oh, Woods Stikron. Okay. It's, you know, part something or another. It's in that, for sure. Um, so why is Diana shoving Harry?
0: So I want to take a quick break and tell you about current... Current is an app and debit card that work together so you can spend, save, and manage your money all from your phone. I know that most people are used to using a typical credit card that works with a typical bank and then you use an app and it's just kind of clunky. So what makes Current different is that they have a very intuitive app design. It's easy to track your spending. It's easy to figure out how to create savings goals, things like that. They also give you different benefits that you wouldn't get with a traditional debit card. For example, you can earn up to 15 times points on every swipe and then redeem that for cash back rewards. And Current is giving away $200 to 10 podcast listeners throughout the end of March. So all you have to do is download Current at current.com forward for a chance to win. Current is a financial technology company. It's not a bank. Banking services are provided by and Visa debit card is issued by Choice Financial Group member FDIC. The current annual percentage year is variable and it may change at any time. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And I just, we get moments of Diana's jealousy a lot. I mean, I say a lot. There's a few. Diana also seemed to be very possibly jealous of Carly Kloss. So
0: I remember, I think we all know when Taylor took Carly Kloss as her date to one of those award shows and Diana Agron went up to the both of them and was just like talking. And, you know, everyone in the Gaylor community was like, what is happening right now? And I found that so surprising
1: yeah well see that's what makes me think that this stuff is all within a gray area like i think diana was like oh is carly her new girl or not like are me and taylor even over i want to go say hello are we at a good moment right now like i think because we do have pictures of diana and carly like laughing and talking with each other in a friendly enough manner but of course it's just a picture we can't know what's going on in their heads but the most explicit um like kind of reference i think we get is when carly and taylor's vogue spread comes out in 2015 early 2015 the day after and it was like released on valentine's day or the day before like the 13th of february the day after diana tweets out 143 remember those days and she has her little bitmoji and her bitmoji with her green eyes and blonde hair has torn her heart out and is holding it outside of her <laughs> chest trying to give it to someone
0: it's just a little bit dramatic.
1: 143 is a code that means I love you 1-I-4-love mm. right the, the, the word has four letters in it and 3-U it was popularized in a place in Massachusetts because there was a lighthouse number 143 and the guy who ran the lighthouse like back in the early 1900s He, you would signal out the lighthouse code using the flashes of the lighthouse. So to let someone know what lighthouse was, you would flash one and then you'd wait and then one, two, three, four for four, and then one, two, three flashes for three. And he told his family that this means I love you. And that is something that got popularized and sort of spread across the coastal towns of Massachusetts. Guess what coastal town in Massachusetts is about an hour south of this lighthouse. Hyannisport. so where they spent that summer together
0: interesting
1: also mr rogers knew of this and he sort of popularized it as well which we both know diana has posted to instagram about being a big fan of mr rogers a documentary about him came out and she like was posting about it loving it and taylor of course had a mr rogers pin on her lover era easter egg pin jacket
0: oh my god, yeah, like, why the hell else would he put Mr. Rogers on there?
1: And Taylor also made the track Lover 3 minutes and 41 seconds long, so that's a backwards Uh one forty-three. So, of course, I don't think Lover is about Diana, I just think it's a code they both use. So Diana's saying this code, we have Taylor using the code as well, and it happens the day after the Vogue spread of, like, that basically look like Taylor and Carly are engaged, um, comes out. She also was at a fashion show in, I believe, 2017. So, this is after the Reputation album has come out. Carly is there as well. They're introduced to one another. And Diana goes, You're gorgeous. Which, of course, <gasps> is a song off Reputation. Gorgeous. Oh that my God. Consider me a believer.
0: Heart just based about that and i love how messy these girls are too you know what i mean like it's not uh like i feel like diana's pretty bold to just like put that stuff out there publicly so would you say that diana was into taylor but taylor went along with the harry styles carly Closs girl squad of it all and kind of left diana behind if you had to make a guess
1: um So I have a video on TikTok called The End, where I talk about why I think they broke up. And it's because, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, in the spring of 2013, which this lines back up to the song Clean, a fake article that a fan made on Tumblr that just like a dumb, like, early stage gayler was like, haha, this will be funny, that made it look Mm -hmm. like they were dating. They photoshopped Mm -hmm. this article together and it kind of looked like legit. Like, listen, it's it's 2013, like people on Twitter, you know, are always falling for fake stuff at this point in time. So... There was a huge tweet storm about it and everybody said, Oh my god, they're dating.
0: I've seen that article, by the way. It's like the it's like Taylor and Diana coming out of a restaurant or something.
1: It says Taylor Swift is in a new relationship, but it's not who you expected. That's like the timeline. And like everybody started tweeting about it. And it's very you know, but people started talking and talking turned to screams, which is a lyric from Wonderland. Yes. Diana deletes her beloved from her Glee days. Like the start of Glee, she started this Tumblr. She deletes it. And of course it was called mm. fell down the rabbit hole. And she deletes Yeah. That. Well, that's
0: another big point, right? Like Diana Agron has been obsessed with Alice in Wonderland and Taylor has the song Wonderland about, you know, a secret relationship with green eyes and this grinning smile, which like Diana kind of has this sneaky smile. And when, released that song, didn't Diana remove her Alice in Wonderland tattoo?
1: Yes. So there's a let's talk about Wonderland for a minute. Um, there is so much in that song. It includes the line "Too in love to think straight." I know. <laughs> Haven't you heard what becomes of curious minds? Then this is expl- <laughs> you know this is very queer coded. I, I can't think straight. a Curious, by curious, maybe. Mm-hmm. And of course, it is about a muse with green eyes. And it is about someone that people's talking and gossip pulled them apart.
0: Yeah. And fake Tumblr articles.
1: Yes. So Diana had a tattoo that had a lot of different little lines in it. She also had a tattoo of what, you know, a butterfly, essentially. She got those two tattoos removed. And we know she had started to have them removed around, you know, maybe within a year or two of 1989 coming out. Now, she could have gotten Mm -hmm. those removed for any reason if you watch my wonderland video i even i have an audio clip of her talking about it where she's basically saying like i don't want to tell people why why i got this tattoo removed which seems like girl like this is that makes it even
0: sketchier just be like oh it's not my style anymore
1: right like why are you bringing this up in this you know she's singing at a jazz club and she's like yeah i don't know if i want to even tell you why and it's like girl why are you even bringing it up stop being weird but diana is a freak so (laughs) so The song Wonderland, Diana's entire personality was Alice in Wonderland. She tweeted about it. She auctioned off a signed copy of it for charity. She spent her birthday at like Alice themed events. Mm. She brought it up in interviews. You know, you have back in the Glee days, you know, she's in a hot topic and she's saying like, oh, is this, oh, is this Alice in Wonderland? I got excited. Like she loved it. She named her, her blog, um, fell down the rabbit hole, which is Alice reference. Her Her tattoo, part of it, the one that she got removed, part of it said, we're all mad here. Which, of Mm -hmm. course, in the end of Wonderland, we both went mad. Yeah. It it, it was a huge part of her life. Now, Taylor was always a fan of Alice in Wonderland, too. Early on, there's, you know, back maybe in the Speak Nowadays or Fearless Days, she wore a t-shirt that said, like, Alice in Wonderland on it. She even had, like, her apartment in Nashville had some, like, Alice in Wonderland themes to it. So, Yeah. yeah, you could say, like, Taylor just liked Alice in Wonderland. But it is weird that she had this weird you know, connection, very public with Diana, they, that connection abruptly ends. There's, you know, whispers about them. People are gossiping about them. Diana deletes the fell down the rabbit hole Tumblr blog. The day that all this talking and gossip happens, it starts to go viral on Twitter. And also she had a private Tumblr blog at the time that she was reblogging breakup posts to. So it was all these lost love posts said one day we'll meet again also like no matter what happens you know even if we're far away from each other i will always love you she seems to be going through a breakup on this day mm, yeah. and it's just yeah it could all be coincidences it, it could she might have been breaking up with some guy she might who knows what's happening but taylor is also tweeting a, a text she sent to her brother austin i i hate myself for all the decisions i've made over the past two months like i didn't know anything about life like she, taylor is going through something this exact day as well then later, mm. 10 months later, she writes the song Clean in London with Imogene Heap, and the song Clean includes the line, 10 months sober. Mm. So 10 months after this dramatic week in April, where all this ground stuff is happening, we get a musical reference in the song Clean. 10 months sober, I must admit. Just because you're clean don't mean you don't miss it. Ah. And so... Why does it always line up? Because she, you know, she, we get a public breakup between Harry and Taylor in January of uh, 2013. So that is 13 mm. months, which, by the way, 13 is Taylor's special number. Why yeah. didn't she write 13 months into clean? I know it's a different syllable. You'd have to maybe rhyme the words a little differently. But she, Taylor knows how to do that. It's to months. <laughs> so it's 13 months after she broke up with Harry that she writes clean but it's Mm -hmm. 10 months after this weird sequence of events with Diana deleting her public Tumblr, the Twitter storm happens. Yeah, We get 10 months sober and clean. Why does it always work out with Diana better than any guy? Another really good example is the song. I wish you would, I wish you would was written in fall of 2013. And it's about Taylor gets very explicit in the secret sessions. She said, this is about my ex, you know, of course people that say she said he, so who knows what pronoun she's using, but I don't think it's about a guy. So I'm just going to use gender neutral pronouns. This is about my ex. They would drive by my house and they would sit outside and miss me. And I didn't even know they were out there. But meanwhile, I was in my bedroom wishing wishing they would just call me up and come back. I wish you would come back. You know, I wish you were right here right now. It's all good. I wish you would.
0: That's so gay.
1: She said it's because my ex bought a house near me during this time. And so I wrote this song, you know, we I didn't know if they were near or not but I, you know I knew they were close to me and it turns out they were like driving by my house well it's supposed to be about Harry Harry lived in London at the time and did not move to LA until the spring of 2014 six months or so after the song was written and when mm-hmm. Harry moves to LA Taylor moves to New York about a week later Mm. so we know this song is written recorded fall of 2013 harry did not buy a house in la and as far as i know none of the other guys did i mean maybe some guy from the past did and she just let us think it was about harry but you know who bought a new house in la in july of 2013 diana diana it (laughs) always works for her
0: this is a very scientific based theory you know what I mean like some theories are like it's
1: a vibe or like right
0: look at the way that they look at each other but this is very like facts figures dates oriented
1: that I am just like a data nerd right so yeah. in my professional life I have you know I've done data analysis you know, at different stages in my career like I do just want the receipts and I want dates I want number like that is what's fun for me I know sometimes people just hey look at this picture it's a vibe it seems like they're hooking up Like that's fun too. That's not what I do though. I, I want, I want dates, right? I want timelines and just the hardest proof you can get. And even still, even so, this is all just a theory, you know, I could be wrong about it, but it always works for Diana. Everything has changed is another good example of that. It's written before Connor, right? We know, but she spends that whole spring with Diana. And also one note about everything has changed before we get into anything else that I really want to point out because people go feral for this. It has the line, uh, all I know is pouring rain and everything has changed. So Mm -hmm. me being a data crazy freak... I looked at all the weather records for LA in the spring of 2012. And also I checked New York and Nashville, like different places Taylor was. And the only time it really rained when Taylor was in one of these locations is in LA on March 25th of 2012. And guess who she was with on March 25th, 2012 when it poured rain in LA. Yes. Selena Gomez. Diana. (laughs) She's with Diana going to see the Hunger Games. Um, On a Sunday matinee, by the way, which of course the one says, you know, I hit the Sunday matinee. It was a Sunday matinee that she and Diana went to. It just, it always lines back up. You know, she wasn't with Harry that spring. You know, she had this little two or three week fling with Harry before he supposedly cheated on her where that's all false. I'm going to do TikToks on this and debunking all of this at some point. But like, Uh she claims he cheated on her and that's why they broke up for the first time. and And then she meets Connor and then she gets back with Harry in the fall of 2013 it didn't rain anywhere with them you know And the songs written before she knew connor and it was written after she and harry broke up for the first time after this supposed cheating happened so why my point is like i'm not saying it for sure is diana but it always lines back up to be able to be her
0: yeah oh absolutely and i know that we're running out of time here because then we're gonna do something for um your podcast but just As a final note, if there were, you know, a couple songs that you had to say, go and listen to these ones with the perspective of Diana. I know we talked about um, I Wish You Would, Clean, Everything Has Changed, um, The Very First Night. Are there any other ones that you would suggest listening to?
1: Wonderland is a must.
0: Oh, yes. Wonderland.
1: And Treacherous. Listen to Treacherous and then listen to Style. And there's like timeline details that work out for Diana being a better muse for style as well. You know, it's style is a song about she's sneaking around with an ex. She writes it in um, early, late winter, early spring of 2014. And we know that at this time, because Kevin McHale, who played um, Artie on Glee, Uh was talking on a podcast and he said, oh, you know, when we were filming this episode, Taylor Swift stopped by, quote unquote, just to see who was there. And... (laughs) Nobody was there except for him. So, you know, she was just, like, there for no reason, basically. Just checking in on, you know, who's here? Who from the Glee cast is here filming this episode? And, you know, Kevin sort of is like, we had all hung out with Taylor a lot. But it was weird, you know, that she showed up. And this is around the same time she wrote Style. Why is she sneaking onto the Glee set just to see who's there? Yeah. And Style, it's the same thing that's going on in Treacherous. We're secret. We're driving around at night. This could be such a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Yeah, lots of midnight driving in the car.
1: Right. Which is why, like, oh, this is someone she dated in LA. Because you don't, you know, in, in New York, you take a car. You're, oh, you're it's out in 100%. LA, you're driving around.
0: Also, like, you can't wait outside of someone's apartment in your car in New York. You know, someone's going to come by, pee on it, and then you're going to get a ticket for illegal parking. Yes. So, like, it has to be LA.
1: Yeah. Um, so treacherous style wonderland um everything has changed uh message in a bottle the very first night come back be here come back be here is another good one i've got to have got to mm-hmm. TikTok on that but the timeline works for diana better than any guy like none of the guys work for that song diana does as always
0: and the hope is that uh when she does the re-recordings of 1989 there could be some diana vault tracks on there
1: that is the hope. And I mean, I, I absolutely believe we'll get that. We might get some Haler bait too, but you know, that's fine. Taylor's trying to sell the record. She's going to use PR relationships to do that. The Babe music video to me is the best proof of Swift Ground. Now people have different rankings of different things, but I have a TikTok on it. It's pinned to the top of my TikTok. It's Swift Ground part two, Babe. And it is basically a shot for shot copy of a music video that Diana was in.
0: Yes, yeah, she was in um, Sam Smith's... Uh, I'm not the only one. Yeah, and the music videos are, like you said, they're exact replicas of each other.
1: And the visuals are just crazy. Also, she extended the music video to be the same length as the I'm not the only one <laughs> music video. All the timestamps <laughs> match up. shit, right? yeah. So it's just... There is so much there that, I mean, it's hard to even, you know, get into in one episode. You can't, you need, you need an entire podcast, which is what I have. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff we've referenced out, I do have like videos on TikTok kind of explaining them more explicitly.
0: Well, this is like a perfect, I, first of all, consider me fully convinced. Um, and I feel like this is a great springboard. So like everyone now will have a general information on SwiftGron, like you said, your TikToks, your TikToks also, and you're on all platforms, um, what I will say, your TikToks are also fantastic because you do have those like little grainy pictures and pieces of evidence. And let's just say on your TikTok, I've seen images that I have never once seen on Google Images. So I don't know how you find them, but you like dig it up and put it all on TikTok in a very easy to consume way, which is fantastic. And your podcast, too, like I said, you you cover bearding. You also cover, too, um, you know, different theories of other women that Taylor Swift could be with. Uh, you had a great episode on like Olivia Rodrigo and everything happening with her. So it's I think it's I would consider your podcast like pop culture, but just with a focus where all things can kind of tie back to Taylor Swift.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's to me, it's like um I want to be like the Jenny Nicholson of Celesbian LA history. Like (laughs) I just, I want to, like, I want to be in all the girlies business because like I said, I'm gay. Everything's my business. So we've got episodes on Selena Gomez and her rumored uh, relationships with women. We did a Haley Kiyoko deep dive. We love lesbian Jesus. Um, And of course we have many, many episodes on Taylor. And the funny thing is a lot of these women, like there's always a moment with Taylor. Like we did an episode about these two soccer stars who were rumored to have been dating these two women mm-hmm. for about 10 years. And then they got married. Like it was just correct. So when, yeah. you know, when we have these like quote unquote gay conspiracy theories, sometimes they're just right. And Crashland yeah. is that ship name. It, it's a really good example of that. And guess what? Taylor had those girls up on stage at the 1989 world tour. They're big fans of Taylor. They like, they're always liking her music. So there, it always, there's always a little moment where it ties back to Taylor.
0: Oh, hundred percent.
1: So like, There is, this is just like, this is just my niche. And I'm just, I really enjoy exploring these. And, and for me, it's just an excuse to have a fun, like queer community and foster a conversation about stuff we should be talking about. You know, what does it mean to be queer? What does it mean to be queer and closeted? What does it mean to be famous and queer, queer with a platform? Like, to me, it's just a fun conversation to have. And of course, not everybody's going to want to have that conversation and that's fine, but some people do. And I, I really enjoy it. So
0: yeah well thank you so much for sharing everything um i hope that the folks who like the killer episode get fully unhinged when it comes to swift gron and um all of your information is going to be linked in the description so everybody can check out swift master post any of your podcast episodes and of course uh you're on tiktok too
1: yeah absolutely I'm, I'm on tiktok at what i will say tumblr is where a lot of the community interacts with me um it's what i will say dot tumblr.com you can send me anonymous messages we can hang out like Um, and I just, I put anything I'm going to like, get into, I would probably start writing blog posts about. And I think with all that said, we're gonna, we're gonna call it on this episode, because we've got to record a little bonus episode for my Patreon
0: okay huge huge thank you to cam for sharing all of her knowledge please go check out the what i will say podcast episodes especially the ones that sean is on to talk about bearding in hollywood it's just there's fascinating stuff on there and also tiktok um throughout this week over on instagram stories i'll be posting links to the tiktok she's mentioned so like the clips of diana shoving harry all of those good ones Also, over on Instagram, I'll be posting things like the bitmoji of Diana ripping her heart out of her chest or the fake article that was made on Tumblr about the two of them dating. This isn't like, go follow me on Instagram. This is just like, you know, if a podcast had a video, I would have shown you it. But I feel like this is the only way to do that since I'm just talking in your ear and not your eyeballs. So, okay. Okay. Uh, One last thing before we talk about trending topics, we do have the Substack newsletter, so fluentlyforward.substack.com. This week's newsletter is going to be niche blind items on Diana. We're talking about blind items on Adele and rumors about her engagement, things like that. I'm also doing a little bit of a deep dive into how to spot photos that have been uh, captured by the paparazzi versus called and specifically requested by the paparazzi. And then we have fascinating blinds from a listener who was plugged in and was talking about everyone from Tom and Zendaya's relationships to J-Lo to Gal Gadot, much more so head on over to the substack if you want to check that out it's five dollars a month and you get a newsletter every monday afternoon that follows up with the podcast and if you don't want to just listening is more than enough so thank you very much okay trending topics i am recording this right now sunday february 13th and i have to talk about we're in the midst of this like huge kim kanye well I should honestly just be saying Kanye, but Kanye has been posting unhinged items on his Instagram, kind of attacking. I was going to say Kim and Pete, but it's really just Pete Davidson. And honestly, you know, I guess it's a little bit troubling. I'm really just finding it hilarious. Hopefully he hasn't removed them. I'm sure you've already seen screenshots, but, you know, he's calling Pete Davidson a dickhead and Hillary Clinton's ex-boyfriend. And he's making fun of his Hillary Clinton tattoo and pictures of him and MGK in their Calvin Klein underwear. It's just like, it's hilarious. He's posting to Instagram like it's his close friend story also he like just went live on instagram so i went to go check it out because i was so excited but it's just his like church service i still watched it for 15 minutes because i was like what what if something happens i have to be on the ball so i asked you guys over on instagram what you thought about it and the breakdown was kind of half and half people think it was hilarious that he's trolling the other half of people being like this is worrying he needs help And I agree with, you know, of course, I I agree with both sides, right? Like, I think that this is funny, like, calling, I'm sorry, but, like, calling Pete Davidson a dickhead in all caps. Like, that's just the energy we all have once our ex starts dating someone new. And I also think that it is troubling what he's doing. But I also wanted to gently remind people, just because I was seeing a lot of these comments, You don't have to feel super bad for the Kardashians and Kanye West and their children. I mean, of course, we can all agree that we don't want this to be happening. It's a bad situation. But I saw so many comments from people being like, this is horrible. Like, I feel awful. I feel terrible for the children. And I think we can agree that it's not good. But also, those kids are going to be fine. They're going to have access to the best therapists, the best treatment centers, the best cushiest home life, whatever they want. And this is honestly, it's kind of a reminder for myself. I feel like we get wrapped up so much in celebrities, but please never let a celebrity situation affect you in a bad way. You know, like go look at the Kanye West post that they're making you laugh. If they're stressing you out and making you feel so bad for celebrity children that you have never met and never will meet before, just put the phone away because you're just sending cortisol throughout your body and hurting yourself. So that's my take on it. You know, view it as humorous, view it as bad, but if it's like impacting you negatively, just log off. Oh, something else that I wanted to talk about too, I was getting a couple comments on TikTok of people being like, I listened to your podcast where you said bad things about China, blah, blah, blah. Um, that was the podcast I did with Enti. I thought we made it pretty clear in that episode that we were not saying anything negative about Chinese people or the China as a country, but it was the government and how they handle media and things like that and I do want to just you know reaffirm that but also kind of double down on it because I don't think a lot of people know because I think we're all nervous of like you know if you think anything bad about someone is that like a bad action or if you think anything bad about the government does that mean you're thinking bad about other people and I just think that there's some things that people don't know when it comes to China and media So China has a long history of censoring out LGBTQ scenes in movies and TV shows before they're shown to the public. So the uh, coming out scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where Freddie Mercury came out, that was all removed. All of the gay scenes from that movie were removed before people could see it. They have also censored out um, different gay scenes in Friends. So if there's anything related to LGBT issues in Friends, they will remove that before it can be shown. And I just think this is, you know, I don't (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with the country of China or the people in China. But I think it's interesting. And I think we should be able to talk about how the government is doing this, especially when it's a country of one billion people. And then you kind of think about how this affects the future of media or entertainment kind of worldwide, since they're such a big shareholder of what people consume. Like, for example, I think uh, something that a lot of people talk about is, you know, why hasn't there been a gay or queer Disney prince or princess or someone in the Marvel Universe? I know that Loki kind of had, like, a tongue-in-cheek um, quote about being bisexual and i think a lot of people just you know for anyone i hate to use the word conspiracy because it just has such like a you know stigma around it now but for anyone who's interested in like digging into issues or trying to figure out why something happens if you don't know about china censoring lgbtq information you might be like oh my god the executives at disney are homophobic or like here in the states like we wouldn't accept a queer character but i just think information like this is important to have because people do say The reason why they wouldn't do a gay character is because then that movie wouldn't be shown in China or it would be edited out very heavily. So then you're missing out on, you know, potentially one billion people watching that. So the sales aren't going to be as good. So why would you make a Disney princess queer? Things like that anyway just in line with like this week's episode and talking about queer natures and things like that i think it's interesting if i fudged anything i said feel free to let me know but just know that i'm, I'm only thinking about it in terms of like why is the government taking out a gay kiss not anything bad about people or the country okay um next topic Oh, also, if you are listening on Monday, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're having a wonderful day. If you have a Valentine, I hope you have fun with them. If you don't, I would love to be your Valentine. And in the spirit of the day, I know we talk about which blind items come true. Let's talk about one that hasn't, unless, you know, something crazy happens in the next 24 hours. There was a blind item about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde saying that they were going to end their charade, aka PR relationship, prior to valentine's day and i haven't heard anything about it yet so we'll see if that comes true i'm also still waiting on a taylor swift joe alwyn engagement or breakup announcement but who knows maybe it'll happen in the winter maybe it won't but at any rate i hope you have a great day and uh i think that's everything thank you for listening huge thank you to cam and i will see you next week for a very fun episode all about euphoria blind items bye guys